All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Monday afternoon, we continue on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Thank you, as always, for uh, listening. Um, we've got a lot of text. Uh, coming in today, but uh, because of you, um, you know, uh, our show with uh, Strads and Connors, uh, ranked number one sports show. So uh, thank you very much uh, for listening, uh, supporting all of our uh, sponsors, which is great, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. To don't overlook it, and uh, happy to have you along for the ride. And hopefully, uh, it continues. Uh, we'll be a very busy off season as always. Of course, uh, we got uh, some good uh, off-season topics like we've done before in the past. Of course, there will be, uh, you know, the month of uh, June will be at the draft, which, of course, for the first time, at least since I've been going to the draft, uh, they're going to have the NHL Player Awards and the draft in the same city, which is nice because a lot of times you just couldn't get in from what you could do one or the other, but it was a real pain. So the Monday on uh, two weeks from today will be the NHL Players Award ceremony where uh, Connor McDavid is uh, going to win the heart. Uh, Stuart Skinner will be a finalist for the uh, Calder. There'll be lots of other awards up. And then the draft this year, if you didn't know, is on a Wednesday and Thursday. It begins on the 28th for round one. And then rounds two through seven will go on Thursday. And uh, we'll be there. So should be uh, should be interesting. The, uh, the Oilers obviously uh, don't have a lot of picks. Uh, second rounder will will uh, could Edmonton make a trade at the draft? Possibly. If I had to put odds on it, I wouldn't uh, put it overly high right now. But you never know. That's why we'll be there. And of course, uh, you know, Stingers and Riverhawks and Elks. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, golf world, uh, auto racing. Of course, uh, the big uh, Canadian Grand Prix F1 coming up uh, this weekend. So we got wall to wall sports coverage. So we love that uh, you guys are sports fans like us and not just one sport, which is great. We uh, welcome to the show, Jason Strudwick. Strudy, how you doing? 
Good buddy, good busy weekend of sports. Holy jeez, that was jam-packed. Lots going on, lots happening. The uh, you know the Elks obviously crushing loss for them. You had the uh, you know, the Nick Taylor. I'm trying to. I was looking it up and I couldn't find it, but I I can't remember the last time somebody and I'm sure somebody has there they went minus 15 on Saturday and Sunday to win the tournament. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I I'd been kind of following you. You get you know you got me all fired up about it that the Canadians were in the mix, you know, and we're trying to get that that first win in whatever it was nearly seventy years on the home turf. So I was checking in, right? Checking in, obviously Friday, Saturday I checked in, and then uh, Sunday I'm like, okay, I was trying to watch it, you know, and, and pay attention a little bit on my phone. Then I was able to get home and watch uh, quite a bit of the end and then the uh, playoff and. You know, the energy there, and you can imagine how he was feeling, you know, the, the weight of the world probably on his shoulders. Not in a bad way, but, in, you know, you're just feeling you want to get this done. His buddy's on the sidelines watching, and uh, they were going shot for shot. And, I, you know, give uh, Fleetwood credit, man. That guy was not backing down. He was hanging in there, and they kind of both had their little moments. But anyways, they get to that fourth one, and, um, you know, Tommy does, or Fleetwood did a pretty good job getting it up there, and then... Taylor just drops that putt, and, you know, like he he hammered that thing in there. I think he moved the cup about three feet over when he hit it, but the feeling, like, I think he was shocked, right? And then everyone goes crazy. The Adam Hadwin thing, though, where he gets tackled by a security guard, I that is a legendary story, and I, I love what he – I don't know if you saw it today, Greg. He had the, the picture of yes. him in the foreground and then uh, Taylor in the background. It just said, put this in the Louvre. Like, yeah. it was so funny. Like, that whole exchange. Like, give that guy credit. He wasn't taking anyone. Like, he took that guy down. Perfect, right? Shoulder to the chest, right down. Wrap him up and take him to the ground. Well, I don't know if you see on Twitter, he has it like his background page is the, is the, yeah. uh, the, the picture where it looks like, you know, he's almost in the air with the security guard. And I'll give Hadwin credit. Like he, you know, he, and, and the security guard, you know, wasn't overly aggressive, which was nice. And, you know, right away people come in and, and I think it was Adam Hadwin's wife who jokingly said, yeah, right after says, yeah, sorry. Right. And the like, security guard's doing his job. I get it. He, Cause the thing yeah. was, when I saw Hadwin, like if I hadn't seen him earlier, Right, like, as they showed him on the camera, right? You see him and Mike Weir. But if you're just a security guard and you turn around, here's a guy in G. Like, he doesn't look like a pro golfer at that right. point at all. Yeah. No, I think everyone, I honestly, I, cause I had this conversation with another buddy. I think the guy was just doing his job. And you know, for Hadwin, like, he was coming in pretty hot. He had the, the, the champagne, and all that. And so you kind of think that, you know, maybe you don't know what's happening. But anyways, the guy did his job, but I love that Hadwin is like, it doesn't seem like he's rattled. Like, I honestly think it gives him more street cred. You know, I saw Adam Thielen was commenting yes. on it. You know, like, I love the whole thing about, I think it's hilarious. And you'll always, like, Thielen will always remember. <laughs> You know that Taylor won that tournament. He's the one who got tackled on on the green. Like the whole thing, the whole exchange. And then I don't know if you saw it after Grace, but he was asked, you know, talk about some iconic moments in Canadian sport, and you know, with the golden goal. And I can't remember the other one was. And he said, you know, what do you think that means? You know, for you, people remember where they were because I will definitely remember where that I was when they hit that shot. And he just say, you know what, I, I, just to be mentioned with those guys uh, is incredible. I'll just, I, I can't answer that question. And you can tell he was quite humbled because it does mean a lot. You know, where he said he was inspired by Mike Weir. And how many kids watching out yesterday are now going to want to go and who cares that they become elite golfers but just want to go golf out there. So, yeah, that's that was a great, it was a great sports moment. If you didn't see it, just go watch and try to watch at least to their approach shots 
and then the, the tension building up because that was a hard putt. I mean, he he was one tier down, had to get it up and whatever, 72 feet, whatever. I mean, just such a great moment in sport. Um, and the best part was the Canadian winning the Canadian Open. Um, you know, I was looking it up. That was a $9 million pot, so I think he got like $1.7 or something. That's what I read on. I couldn't believe it. So that's a pretty big... Pretty good tag for him. I'm, I'm sure he's doing okay, but you know everyone probably wants to put an extra two million in your pocket. Probably feels pretty good too. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, man. It's it's historic. Uh, obviously, the financial stuff is is a huge added bonus, but you know what? And now, like I know there's lots of people that are like, man, they got to give it a different date because now it goes into the U.S. Open, and not a lot of people talk about it. Well, trust me, they'll all be talking about it leading up to the U.S. Open uh, this week until Thursday, and then what? Every time there's a new tournament, away you go. So. Um, you know what? It's good for Canada. They don't have to worry about that. I, I think all it does now is fire up guys like Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin. Now they're like, well, I got to get in there with Nick Taylor. So it's, uh, it's only going to be good. I did like how the course itself, right? You saw the board strutty, you know, a little bit like, uh, Phoenix and, and having a kind of a party atmosphere, a little bit more enjoyable. And then you saw Hadwin the one time it was kind of quiet. And then he's like, let's go get everybody fired up. Like, <laughs> It's it's showing it, golf can be fun because it's a little. I don't think it, you want it to be overly stuffy. I don't. I don't think you have to. And I think players have become a little bit more relaxed than they have in the past, which is nice to see. I think that just makes it a little bit more of a fan friendly event. Now, it, it doesn't mean that it has to be a gong show or anything like that. But select tournaments have certain holes that are like that. I think it's fine, and I think the players look forward to it. Yeah, that's and I think that's uh, really well put. And I I, I think. You know, we have to give a little bit of credit to Live Golf. Like, they loosen up a little bit. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I think they made it more acceptable for there to be a little bit more noise on the course um, and a different and a different, uh, a different feel than maybe traditional just quiet and no one talks at all. And, you know, the fa- the, the players coming up today are probably different than what, you know, maybe Jack Nicholas was or, or – or, um, and they want to have different environments maybe than those guys than they did. And not that they were wrong. It's just a different time and things are – a little bit different in those sports. So I, I think it's good. And I think that, you know, I watched quite a bit over, especially the, you know, day three and day four. I thought it looked good. Like I thought that, um, you know, the comment, Jim Nance was making repeated comments about uh, the spectators and kind of the energy and, and all that. And yeah, it's not ideal. It's the week before the US Open, but you know, whatever, like, I don't know. The term has got to be sometime and maybe you could try to move it around, but I just think that you you can only do you get the weekend you get and you try to show as best as you can and I felt from a distance that Canada did a good or Toronto did a good job kind of showing itself off in that moment. So you now as a Canadian you're pretty proud. Plus the Canadian wins it uh in you know, in a real dramatic fashion. Uh, you know, and you think about Rory is arguably the best golfer in the world and he's been there three years in a row or or so I won it two years in a row and then this year couldn't quite get it done. But I, I don't know, I I think it's a good that's a pretty good thing. It's a pretty good outcome, I think, for Canadian's uh, golf. Oh, yeah, without question. I think it's awesome. Uh, Jason Strudel joins us. Uh, not as great of an outcome for the green and gold, Strudy. My goodness. Um, that uh, We'll have Aaron Fiaconi, who, of course, is a former old lineman, uh, current member of the Edmonton Police Service. He's going to join us at 4 o'clock today, so perfect timing because the O-line, oh, my goodness. that was They struggled on that sequence horribly. I didn't like play calling at times. Obviously, their quarterback wasn't very good. Uh, there wasn't a lot of creativity. Like, like they couldn't complete the small passes. Yet they they kept trying to complete the small pass, short pass, I should say. Yeah, it felt like they were they were out of sync. There was a lot of ball. You know, even the deep ball that that was the uh, just one of my three passing in the air touchdowns. I I, I predicted. 
even that ball was underthrown, right? And he and Lewis had to come back to get it a little bit and then just keep running again. Uh, so great play by him. But he just seemed a little bit off, right? Courtney, Taylor Courtney seemed a little bit off. But the thing that I'm going to get into, Greg, and I know that you're, you're – you, I know what the answer is already, but when you have a goal line short yardage team, I understand you don't put your, your – most teams don't put their top guy in. But you look at the tail of the tape – Loxley compared to Cornelius, it's at least two inches and at least 20, 30 pounds. And as I watched it, it felt like Cornelius just bumped into the line and was just pushed back. Now, I know there has to be a, a surge and you got to push the guys back, and I get that. But I wonder if it's different if you have a bigger man in there that can just bully his way in a bit. And I get it. I know why they're in there. But in that moment, you're trying to get a hugely important seven or six, I guess, in that case. But, you know, I don't understand why they didn't have the big guy in there. I know they probably won't practice it, but I'm sure he could figure it out. Plow forward, knock people over, get into the end zone. Am I, I mean, I, I know it's out there, but am I that crazy and that's in, in, talking like that? When the Edmonton uh, Elks won the Grey Cup in 2015 and they had Mike Riley as a quarterback, how many rushing touchdowns did Mike Riley have? Oh, that's right, like eight or nine. He was in on short yardage. They didn't worry about it then. Like if Taylor, if you're so worried that oh geez my quarterback's going to get hurt on a quarterback sneak, so I'm going to go to Loxley. Now, if you want to put Kai Loxley in and you want to have him run a sweep to the outside, I'm all for it because the guy can fly. That I have no problem with. But if it's just a straight power one, then yes, I would keep Taylor Cornelius in. I'm totally with you. It makes I I, I don't. There are so many parts of the play calling, but again. I'm not a fan of their offensive coordinator. So until he shows me something different, I'm going to question a lot of their play calling because it happens all the time. Right now, I'm not sold that their quarterback um, is that good. I also don't think he's as bad as he was yesterday. I agree with the coach that uh, yesterday was probably the worst game he's seen him play. So, you know, terrible timing to be the first game of the season. But to me, it's about the play calling. If your guy is struggling with the screen pass or the dump pass, then guess what? Say, guys, we're going to go to some jump balls here. Just put it in an area. We had Gino Lewis on the show. He told us, hey, we get to basketball jump balls, give it to me all day long. That's what you did on the 102-yarder. So maybe look at doing that a little bit more. Yeah, give your give your guys a chance. Like, And, and, and even the last play of the game, so – you know, first off, I don't know what they were doing with their quarterback. And no, that was a terrible call, too. Like, I, 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 I don't get that, and I guess someone smarter would know that one. But when you look at the last play, Cornelius gets the ball, and you, I would, I would be, I know the chances of scoring are low, but at least give yourself a chance. At least get the ball out of your hands and throw it to someone, or just start running, and then you can start laddering it. Like it was. He just kind of stood there and took the took the uh, sack. Who cares if you throw another interception? It doesn't matter. Like I, it, it I don't know. It just felt like he was in there and he didn't really. He wasn't being aggressive or assertive. Not I just at all. Think it out there, and and you've got to throw the ball. You can't you can't hold on to it forever. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a better version uh, of himself in there. But what is disappointing is that I'm not saying they deserve to win the game, but they could have won the game. And I think yes. that. They didn't, and then so you got to. I don't want to be like I don't want to say that was a the game they should have won, but it's a game they could have won. And you know I don't know how many more of those they're going to have over the year. You want to try to get off to that feel good story uh, to start the year. Yeah, because Edmonton, they're not good enough to afford wasting games where you have a chance to win. Good teams, you know, you know what? Ah, geez, we kind of gave that one away. You're, if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, for instance, you're like, yeah, we'll 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 get it back. The Edmonton Elks, they could find themselves 0-3 or 0-4 very quickly because until you win consistently, 
you're not a winning team. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to get off to a good start, right? They're trying to get the energy going, all that stuff. And like my older son went to the game yesterday. He he loved it. He absolutely loved it, Greg's. And he's like, Dad, he came home at like whatever nine nine thirty. He's like, I want to go back. He hasn't said that yet. Now he's a little bit older now. But yeah. so I'm like, okay, we're gonna go back. So obviously the energy in there was good. And there was a lot of stuff for kids to do. Um, just got to get at those wins. Well, eventually, yeah, you can't have the coach. Oh, don't ask me about the losing streak. Don't ask me about the goal line stance. So what? You only want us to ask you about the Geno Lewis play and everything else was great. Give me a break. So, um, you know, yeah, you can have a big crowd. That's one storyline. Great. It's good to see. Right now, we'll see how many of them were Ryder fans, how many of them were Elks fans. We'll find out the next game against Toronto. You know, the weather obviously is great. Hopefully, there will be another nice day. But at some point, you got to win games. It's just that simple. It's pro sports and fans. Well, you don't need wins all the time. No one's asking for wins all the time. How about one out of 18? I don't think it's much to ask. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quick break. We'll come back on the Sports Theater TSN 1260. Uh, Vic Lombardi joins us next. Gregor Strudz and Connor on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Rolling through the Gregor Show on the Sports Theater TSN uh, 1260 as we get to the uh, playoff report brought to you by Tenacorp. A lot of successful uh, local companies. They started small, family home in the Capilano area, focusing on the supply of uh, fire protection equipment and industrial supplies to project management. They have grown now and uh, moved out of the house. Medium-sized business. Check them out at 10accord with two ends.com. Vic Lombardi joins us from uh, Altitude TV, uh, analyst for the Denver Nuggets, who are one win away from their first ever NBA title. And uh, they've knocked off guys like Booker and Kevin Durant and Davis and LeBron James. And now, you know, they're controlling the Miami Heat. And, Vic, it's it's an odd one to me. It seems like there's a lot of people that are trying to find ways to discount this championship of the Nuggets. And I don't get it. Well, I mean, I I don't know how you discount. If they win tonight, they'll go 16-4 and in the postseason. And 16 and 4 is nothing to sneeze at. That's an average of one loss per round. What the, what the heck can you discount? I mean, that is an absolute terror. That's dominance. That is a team that took the bull by the horns and said, "Let's go." And this is a team that's never been here before. So um, I I laugh to be honest with you. I laugh at the critic. You know why? Where where we are uh, flawed in the media. If things don't go like we think they're going to go, and a lot of people suspected the Suns would win the West. A lot of people pick the Lakers. And if that doesn't happen, and all of a sudden, oh, there's, there must be something wrong here. There must be something flawed with the system or the team. Because I certainly cannot be wrong. Well, guess what? A lot of people were wrong. The Nuggets are going to win this thing, and they're going to finish 16-4 and tonight in the postseason. What has been the biggest area of growth for this team, as you mentioned, kind of for the first time getting here? Where, where, like, we know the great players, but what about, you know, they're at it, not they're that bad at it. You know what I mean? Like, internal growth. What have you seen from this group over this run? Uh, they're not content in just, you know, winning each round. After they beat the Lakers, you could sense they weren't done yet. Even when they were beating the Lakers, every round uh, from there on, they, they, they just had this air about them that, we're just getting started, and we still have a lot to prove, and we still want to do things that people don't think we can do. Um, coming back from Miami, you know, it felt, for me, <laughs> celebratory uh, on the team playing, but they weren't that way. They they are locked in, and I don't know how you 
get that trait, that ability to ignore the outside noises, but that's an ability they have, and I think it's taken them a step further. Jokic and Murray, because a lot of people want a discount, and I've asked people around the league, so you get to pick any team, their top two players. I don't know if I see a duo right now in the NBA that matches up just two-on-two to what Jokic and Murray can do. Do you, like who? Do, who well, would you there, see as the closest? There aren't many inside-outside duos, right? So there are mm-hmm. a lot of duos that are guards or forwards, but not many that play inside and outside. I mean, Jamal can kill you from the outside. He can drive on you. He can distribute. We know Nikola can do it all. So I, I don't know too many duos in the NBA. I mean, Booker and Durant for Phoenix, they're a, I mean, they're a handful, but. They're sort of the same player. They're, they're both jump shooters, right? Um, I, I don't know many people or many teams that have the wide array of shot making that these two have. They can do a little bit of everything. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who, what other teams have that, and I'm not sure if any other team does. You know, what, what do uh, – well, obviously they're, they're a good team, but what is Jimmy Butler specifically – bring as a challenge so far in this series and even as you go into the game tonight what has he been making it hard for uh the uh, denver team to to beat yeah jimmy's just a tough he's just a tough hombre and he doesn't quit and he keeps coming at you and i think if he gets the jump shot rolling he has not shot that well in the series not as well as he's used to shooting so if he gets the jumper rolling uh then it could be uh, trouble, but he hasn't gotten it going, and I think he's tired. To be honest with you, it's been a long run for Miami and Jimmy. He's had to carry this team uh, a lot of these games, so I'm not sure if he has the legs anymore. And it's going to ask a lot for him to come in tonight. Of course, Tyler Hero is expected to suit up, and I don't know for a guy that hasn't played in seven weeks to come in at altitude in the middle of an NBA Finals when your backs are literally against the wall. That, that is asking a lot. We'll see what happens. I'm guessing with Hero, they're just looking for some good bench minutes. Have to think, Vic? Or it could be just a coup or a ruse, and they're just, hey, we got Tyler Hero available just in case, so you have to prepare for him. I I, I just I find it hard to believe that he's going to come in and contribute. If he does, uh, prove me wrong, but it's hard to come off the street and just all of a sudden in a game five, a must-win game, suddenly be the difference maker so if he does play it'll be you know break glass in case of emergency type of play when you look at uh, christian brown what have you liked about his kind of evolve uh, the way he's evolved over not even the this year but into the playoffs you know when he draft when they drafted christian brown there were a lot of us in denver that said what why you know i your team that's ready to take the next step wouldn't you just Go get a veteran. I mean, why do you really even need to use your draft pick? And, you know, we won a national championship with Kansas, but didn't really know if it could translate right away at the next level. The one thing he brought to the next level that we all underestimated, he brings an NBA body. I mean, if you look at him, he is well put together. And it it didn't deter him one bit going from college to the NBA. A lot of these kids, they come in, they need two or three years to gain muscle. He already has muscle. He's got the NBA body. If he ever gets a jump shot, a consistent jump shot, look out. That's the one element he still doesn't possess. But he's got the body, he's got the grit, and he's fearless. He plays with a lot of fearlessness. Another thing you cannot teach. Vic Lombardi joins us uh, breaking down the Nuggets and the Heat. uh, Denver 
tonight has the opportunity in front of their home crowd to uh, win their first ever NBA title and then go uh, NHL and NBA back-to-back. Uh, how do you compare the uh, the energy in the city from the Avs last year to the Nuggets this year? Very similar, and uh, that's what scares me a little bit because if you remember last year, the Avs had a chance to clinch it at home in Game 5 against Tampa. I actually spoke about that on my radio show this morning, and everybody was saying the same thing. You know, hey, in front of the home crowd, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. And they lost, and they had to go back to Tampa to get it done. So uh, the city's been here before. The fan bases have been here before. They just got to get this one done. The difference between, uh, I think, Tampa and Miami, um, listen, Tampa's a two-time defending champ before they lost to, to the Avalanche. Uh, Miami's not the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. So you would think it's a little bit different. Uh, but, no, the, the city's ready to go. They, they went last year at that Avalanche parade in a – because the Nuggets have never won one, and the Az, that was their third, I think it's going to be bigger. I think it's a little uh, more special because it's the first time in, on a basketball venue that um, the city is just ready to celebrate, and hopefully it happens tonight. Well, yeah, it would be uh, it'd be quite amazing. And the, and the good news for the Nuggets, like they don't really have anybody they're losing. All their guys are, are signed for for multiple seasons. Like this, is, there's a chance here. You look at Jokic and and Murray now that he's healthy again. Like th- this, you look at the NBA. It's the one league where there there's more of a chance to repeat because there's not as much turnover historically from year to year. But Denver's young, and uh, they've got all their guys, all their core guys signed for I think it's at least two more seasons. Well, the only guy that is uh, possibly going to escape is Bruce Brown, who is a key contributor off the bench. His He's going to be a free agent, um, and he's going to opt out of his contract, and he's going to make a lot of money. Uh, he may want to start somewhere. Who knows? He, he may end up staying. But he's the only guy that plays um, rotational minutes, uh, big minutes that they could lose. You're right, though. Everybody else is under wraps. The core of this team is under wraps. Uh, it's a team that you know most of the – that the great players on this team were drafted. The other ones were brought in to uh, polish it up, and uh, they got a squad that can do this for two or three years. They really do, and, and and I think if they stay healthy, hell, had they stay healthy the last two or three years, who knows? This might be their second title run, but uh, unfortunately, Jamal got hurt. Michael Porter Jr. hurt his back, and so it was delayed a bit, but I think that delay made them a little more seasoned, more grizzled. You could see by the way they play, more mature, uh, they play a little differently now than they played two years ago. One last quick one for you, Vic. Uh, just you know, outside of uh, Denver, when you look at the news today of Fred VanVleet becoming unrestricted uh, in July, declining his player option, what is your perspective on what his value is and how he's perceived around the league at his position? Um, what player is that again? I'm sorry, I missed the name. F- sorry, Fred VanVleet. I got you. Fred VanVleet is just, you know, Fred VanVleet is much like Nikola Jokic. One of those dudes who came out of nowhere, and granted, he played college ball, right? So people knew him in in the States because of his college acumen and resume. I agree, Las Vic. Yeah, so unfortunate there, Cox. That's all right. Cliffhanger. I know know what he's saying in regards to, you know, a little bit uh, unknown. Uh, I look at, at Van Vliet, and I'll be very curious to see Strutty, um, where he go? I like Fred Van Vliet, but he's he when they won, he wasn't the main guy. Like he was a nice complimentary piece, right? And you know he got all his money, and good for him. 
in the NBA. Um, I'll be curious to see what he gets on the market and where he goes. And I think he needs to go to a team where he, like, if he's your number three or four, then you're okay. If he's in, if he, if if you want him to be your one two, we saw it in Toronto. He's just not, he's not that guy. He can't do that. And that's not a knock. Like, it's hard to be a one two, right? I'm not sold if he, he's probably like a really good four option for your mm-hmm. team, right? I think that's that would be ideal, and you could get by with him um, as a three. But that's where I see him. Where do you see? Him? Well, two two things I think of, Greg. One is that when he plays a ton of hard of heavy minutes, he tends to break down a little bit, if I remember correctly, right? And then because he's not a really big guy, so you're not dealing with a six eight point guard here, right? It's it's so I think that's the one thing. So that that makes a little uh, kind of makes me think of where he's at. But also, I don't think he's a feature player. So you know his money. What is he at? Twenty? I think he's at twenty two or twenty three million for next year with the Raptors, and he, he opts out, which is fine. Like I. You can use the mechanism in place. So where does he go to have success? Because you look at Kyle Lowry, now older, but he went down to Miami, and he's he hasn't been the same feature he was when he was younger and, and with the Raptors, right? But a little bit different team setup as well. So Yeah, and way older. Yeah, yeah and older. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I'm really interested to see what he, he does. He, I mean, he said he's not closing the door and going back to, to Toronto, and I get that. Um, but, you know, if he leaves, you know, we're, we're, the Raptors now have to keep on kind of figuring things out as they go with a new coach. Um, yeah, it feels like it's like the gang's breaking up a little bit in, in, in Toronto. And uh, if he, because he's a pretty big, I think he's a pretty big glue guy, right? Like, I think he brings that fight to the team every night. Yeah, honestly, I think Toronto, their core, they're not going to win with that core. They need to break them up. That's how I view it. So I think this nice. could be a, could be a good thing for Toronto. Three forty one, Empton Sports Theater, TSN twelve sixty. Uh, we'll return. We got uh, Connor Halley. Tell me I'm wrong on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta. Rolling through a Monday afternoon, Jason Gregor. Start with Connor Halley with you. You can always get involved. Texas ten twelve sixty. You can email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Jay Gregor at tsn1260.ca, where uh, it's always a good day to get an oil change, but even better right now because when you get a Pennzoil Full Synthetic Oil Change, as a thank you, you'll get a $20 GC. Your, you can choose from over 100 local businesses that you get to support with that uh, 20 bones. Check it out at jiffylubeservice.ca. Texts are flying in. I love it. The uh, the green and gold fans fired right up. Hey, guys, uh, how do you know how many fans were there? I don't believe the announced attendance. Well, why? Why would you not believe it? They, just, they announced the attendance last year, and the numbers were pretty much accurate to what they were. Uh, um, like, I don't know. I, the crowd looked pretty big. That was the biggest crowd I've seen in a long time. I don't, I don't think that was you – know, I remember – 28,000 fans, 35,000 kind of looked in that range. So I'm definitely not going and counting all the numbers. But uh, based on some of the attendance they put out last year, I, I have no reason not to believe them. Yeah, across TV, it looked pretty busy, you know. Um I don't I mean. It's the first game of the year. I think that's that's a positive. You know, Victor Queen and his group are trying to build it off the field. And then – you know, Chris Jones and company are trying to build it on the field. And I think you can do both those things at the same time. Um, you know, wins help for sure. But again, I can only speak to my own kids. But he went and he came home. He said he wanted to go back. So he's getting the schedule, looking around. And, you know, that's, that's obviously a positive. There's a customer, right, uh, that you're hoping to have for the next 50 years. Let's get to 
Tell me I'm wrong, Connor Halley edition, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool all summer, legacyheating.ca. The Jason Greger Show presents Tell Me I'm Wrong. All right, guys, I want to just take the the last conversation a little bit further. You talked about Fred Van Vliet there and uh, opting out. Obviously, he could return to the Raptors, but I don't get why he would. I think the Toronto Raptors made a big mistake last year. Obviously, they they weren't going to go on an extended playoff run. We all know that. The conference uh, out east, there's just teams they were not going to beat in the playoff series had they got there. They didn't even get there. They couldn't even get out of the play-in round, couldn't hit a free throw to save their life, and it ended up costing them. I think last year, this is obviously 2020, but they made a big mistake not making moves last season when they could have brought in some more assets. OG Ananobi could have been traded, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, some names right there. Uh, but I think this offseason, I mean, you have a new head coach, expectations will probably be low, uh, and I think that they need to blow it up because in the Eastern Conference, they're not going to get past the 76ers, the Bostons, the Celtics, the Miami Heat, who, you know, I know they were an eight seed, but probably a team that's going to be tough going into next season. The Toronto Raptors should just get rid of everyone. Make it a, a whole a whole sweep of this offseason. Trade Pascal Siakam. Get some money. Uh, move on from OG Ananobi, who's a free agent after the 2024 season. Scotty Barnes, yeah, it's going to have to be a good, no- good offer for me to move on from Scotty. I think he could be a part of the next wave of Raptors teams, but mediocrity is not going to get you there you got to find a way to start over you have to draft well and rebuild this team if they don't do that i don't think they're ever going to get into that upper echelon again uh, not without drafting higher in the draft so if i'm the toronto raptors blow it up rebuild start it now tell me i'm wrong connor halley you're not wrong you're bang on right toronto is is nearing that stage where it's the worst place to be in pro sports It's middling purgatory. You're decent enough to be competitive. You're not remotely close to compete for a championship, and you're not good enough to get the elite players. Now, of course you can find someone. Jokic was a 41st overall pick. So can you find the rare superstar outside of the top ten? Sure, but it's extremely low. So if if that's your plan, it's probably not going to happen. So I, I agree with you. I think they have to strongly consider it that uh, this is one. Now, Scotty Barnes is really young, I, and, you, and you can't just get rid of everybody. But Pascal Siakam, depending on the return, Van Vliet walks, 100%. They should be looking at it. they they got to try to retool. And the problem is even, like, they got to trade away three or four guys and just load up on picks. But the problem is loading up on picks in the NBA that, you, like, you're probably going to get middle-tier first-round picks. That doesn't even really help you. They just got to suck for one year and get a good player. Sometimes that can be the difference. Well, the, the one that blew me away is when they traded for, what is it, Jakob Pertl last year. I, I, I didn't really get that one. And I, I know he was a former Raptor, and I get all that stuff, and you like the player, but it just felt like it was like just kind of patching over what was reality. Now, you know, you hear Bobby Wester and those guys talk, and they say, well, they needed a big guy in the middle. They can make plays and all that. And I, I do understand that, but you know, was it a big enough difference or you're just kind of prolonging the inevitable, which may be a, a rebuild. So, yeah, I can't. I, you know, they got a new coach lined up. They're trying to figure out where they're going to go with this team. But I don't. Know, I really like Fred Van Vliet. I love the way he fights. But does he want to come back to a team that you know may not be competing in a in a, in a really hard in a really significant way for quite a while? 
Yeah, Stray, that was a very questionable trade for sure. Getting him back to the Raptors, I guess there's that familiarity. But but why? Why were you trading away a 2024 first-round pick for that? I think you got to try to recoup those assets in some form. Uh, you also gave away the, the second rounder in 2023. Well, like for what? Did you really think that he was going to put you over the edge to go on a bit of a run here? It was just ridiculous. They should have been sellers last NBA trade deadline and said they went out and gave up assets to bring him in. Just It seemed really weird, and I think now's the time to do it. It's going to be a very fascinating um, offseason for Toronto to see what direction they go. Um, you know, how do they replace Van Vliet? Oh, Scotty Barnes, I think they hope he can take another step, and you never know. But they, they need they got to find some guys who can shoot the ball because they just weren't a very good shooting team. And that, to me, if, if they don't get shooters in today's NBA, you don't have a hope. It's that simple. Hey, guys, did you see the National Post article about CRA going after Batista? With you guys talking Raptors, do they and other sports teams have trouble getting talent due to the optics of our tax laws going after them? The CRA might not go after them, but if there's a stereotype in sports that might happen, then does this dissuade others from coming north? Well, the way I read the article, it simply sounds like in those cases, they weren't, they didn't do it properly. Right, because there's there's a clear way on why you can, uh, you know, on how you can have it. Into they want to try to save their their certain monies from taxes, and the way they did it, it didn't qualify. So I'm after reading the article because I sent it to to accountant buddy of mine, and he was like, "Wow, this he because I don't know, but it seemed like these were more outliers, and that the people didn't set it up properly. More so on their side than it is on CRA side." At least that's from one opinion from an accountant. So, um, I, uh, I, you know, the thing about CRA, just follow the guidelines, and they don't really bug you. <laughs> the minute you try to, to, because the, the best advice an accountant told me, there's no such thing as a loophole. There's legal or illegal. <laughs> it's that simple. It's not a loophole. Yeah, I, I remember when, uh, and I don't know if they have it still, but uh, there was a performers tax in Nashville, so we went to play there, and I forget what it was. It was like. Let's say it was $500 every time you went to perform, like play. It was a performer's tax. There, yeah. you know, anyone who came there. And, you know, I remember that it was a pretty big deal. This is a number of years ago. I'm not sure they still have it intact, but, you know, they, they, they would take out whatever, 1500 bucks to go there three times or whatever it was. So there was a big, you know, the NHLPA got involved and they kind of worked with that, that, uh, state trying to get it back. And I think there was some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of a resolution and maybe we got a bit back half or something like that. Um, but so it's not the only place, right? I think there was a, I've, I think there was a performance tax there. I want to say LA and one other, I can't remember. It was something random like Pittsburgh of all places, like, geez. But anyways, it was, it was kind of random. So yeah, there, 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 are, there are always tax uh, situations and every, everyone's got their own setup, right? Their own thing to figure out as you play in different markets. Yeah. And just, Make sure that you have an accountant who understands how to do everything above board. Um, because they're like, well, you know, maybe you can do this. Yeah, until they audit you, then you're screwed. So don't do it. Right? Because it's, uh, it's rarely is it going to come back to help you if you uh, if you try to screw the system. So oh, I just got a text from our good buddy Matt Cassian. He reminded me. He goes, it was two grand per game in Nashville. The tax was. For Max each Ogas. player, so everybody yeah. was the exact same. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a fee. It was a fee. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's that's well, that seems was that. very high. Yeah, like that seems yeah. very high. Like if you're a fourth line guy making league minimum, and then yeah. you're Connor McDavid and you're paying the exact same, that doesn't seem yeah, it costs you money. Very long. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was a big deal. I remember it was a really big deal when it was happening. But we didn't get it all back. I remember I think we got because they said, well, we can keep fighting. You might get it all back in 10 years or we'll give you half back now. So obviously it worked. It was a good way of getting money, actually, if you're that. I don't know if uh, that state. That state being Tennessee. Yeah. Interesting. We got a lot of text flying in. Connor, 100% uh, agree with you from Dan. Connor, what are you talking about? Toronto's literally one player away. Make one good trade, and they could be right back in it. The East clearly isn't that good. Comes in from Pete. Well, have you seen Boston and Philly? They're pretty good teams. Yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would. Miami. Think I wouldn't agree that they're one player away. That's for sure. And who do you yeah, trade to get in said player, right? You don't have a first yeah. next year. You don't have a second this year. Oh, yeah. The, the, the way they're set up, they don't really – Happen. I think that's the only option they have that's realistic. Even the Cavs on the on the rise up, right? Yeah, the Cavs are getting better. But I, the Raptors, I just off of those. Even the Knicks are getting better. So yeah. what am I? Is that six, seven? Greg's already teams, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a big jump. Raptors fans <laughs> will always have twenty nineteen though. Oh, it's great. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, we all enjoyed it. Oh, it was fun. It's great. Quick break. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by Edmonton Police Service. Did you know that right now they are hiring? Join the team that serves all Edmontonians. Your new exciting career awaits. Visit newepsrecruits.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 